0: Welcome to a couple big knuckleheads to talk high school football on the What the Shuck podcast, where anything goes and anything might be said. I'm Muddy River Sports Editor Matt Shuckman, and joining me, WTAD's voice of game night, David Adams, who also serves as part of the Muddy River Mafia, as the Muddy River News Editor. What's going on today, biggest?
1: Uh, I'm getting ready to head to the golf course here shortly. i uh, got lots of golf to take care of because um, somebody hasn't been around a little bit here lately.
0: Yeah, as we're taping this podcast this week, I'm actually at home doing this. Uh, David is filling in for me very admirably, and I will owe him big time, but yeah, I ended up in the hospital over the weekend, spent four nights in Blessing Hospital, and uh, it's not been a fun week.
1: But, <laughs> well, but I know I, I've been, been around. In. I've been hopefully around you when you've next, had that before. So
0: next week, at this time I'm back.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's the hope, is it? I know, but I know that this is not. This is this is uh, something you've had before, and this is something that you've had to deal with in the past, yeah. and it's not easy and I, it's, I, it's not I, fun.
0: I, I have cellulitis in my legs, um, and it, it can, you know, and the, it flared up, <clears throat> flared up out of the blue. It's done that before. I've been dealing with it for 23 years. And I'm right. We'll have a, I'll have a column posted to MuddyRiversports.com later about it and just kind of explain what's going on. But, yeah, it's, I mean, you've come up and visited me in the hospital before when I've had to deal with it. hmm And it's just, it's, an, it's, an, it's a bacterial infection that gets under the skin and into the tissue, and it knocks you, knocks you flat. And it made me, I ended up with sepsis which means the infection got into the bloodstream, which meant a little longer stay in the hospital and more antibiotics. And it just is what it is. It, it, like it is
1: what it is. You just have to learn it to is. deal with it.
0: The, the, weird, the weird part is, is it was last Friday afternoon. Took a shower, got all my gear together, was all ready to go cover Quincy High School football. They were home Friday night against Galesburg. 4.45, it just started feeling... I don't know. Kind of odd. Then I started having the shivers, and right then I knew it was flaring. That was at four forty-five. By six thirty, I was I had got I got hold of my doctor and got the first dose of my antibiotics. By midnight, I was in the ER.
1: I remember getting the te- I get remember it's I got the yeah I got the text from you Friday night, and it was kind of like um. I got to stay home tonight, guys. And I'm thinking yeah. of it. I've 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 worked with you long enough to know oh, this isn't gonna. I know what's coming next. I just don't know if yeah. it's going to be tonight or tomorrow. So yeah. I know everybody out there is worried about I'm you because to, they want to see. I'm going th-
0: miss a game. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I've covered games with fevers. I've covered games injured. You yelled at me for. <laughs> For being stupid and not staying home.
1: <laughs> yes, I have. You yeah, have,
0: but you know, it's just kind of the built-in mentality is, hey, I got to go do my job, and so for me to for me to back out, you knew I was sick.
1: Oh yeah, no, I had no, I had no no doubt about that. Um, but, uh, so I may kind of help steer the broadcast a little bit this week. Cause I actually yeah. got out to go see a game and, a, and, and such, um, and, and last Friday night, Quincy Notre Dame suffered its first loss of the season, um, at the hands of, of, of Breeze Moder Day. Um, it was interesting from the Staten point, I had a chance to, 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 talk with Jack Cornell this week. Normally Chad Deusterhouse, uh, my partner on the WTAD broadcast does the, uh, pregame interview with the coaches, but he had to have some surgery this week as well. We're all getting older and all falling apart, what it sounds like. Uh, but anyway, so Chad was out and I had to go pinch hit for him and talk to Jack, uh, about last week's game. And I, and I just said, you know, you know, based upon, uh, uh what you saw, do you have any changes that you're planning on making and he and he sort of looks at me, you can't really see his smile through that big massive beard. Um, but he was kind of like, well, I guess your listeners are just going to have to tune in on Friday night and see what those changes are. Now, you and I have both worked with his predecessor, Bill Cannell, who would love to throw stuff like that around. Like, well, you never know what we're going to do. People are going to have to check in and watch. You know, it's, it's, it's that gamesmanship that, you, that, 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 that coaches play. But it wouldn't surprise me to see the Raiders switch some things up. Now, what direction they go. I don't know, because um, uh, because Jack talked a lot in our pregame uh, interview that you'll hear on Friday night as part of the game night broadcast. Uh, wasn't happy with his offensive line. Thought that he did they didn't do a very good job of protecting the quarterback. Um, so what does that mean? Do they do they go to shorter routes? Do they go to the running game more because the passing game has not been very good the last two weeks? The uh, Calvin Lavery was 11 for 38. Uh, passing on Friday night for 100, I think it was 123 yards, and he had two catches for 40 yards or two completions for 40 yards in the last two minutes of the game when the game was essentially over. Um, right. And, and, and he was 7 of 21 for 35 yards against Duchenne the week before. Well, now you're going up against uh, um, another extremely good team. Um, yeah. That Muhammad I mean, Muhammad Seymour. Muhammad Seymour that, uh, you know, I don't think the Raiders can continue to go down that path. Do they give the ball to Ben Caspery more and try to become a little bit more, uh, you know, ground-oriented? And, they, and they've had some success running the football at times. They had success in the first half against Breeze Day, But um, – and, and we've seen uh, Jackson Stratton was used very effectively as a running quarterback in the, in the season opener against Quincy High School. Um, so is, is, is Jack Cornell teasing us? Is he just saying, tune in Friday night to see what we do, just to make people think that he might do something? But there's got to be some concern that the Raiders offensively right now haven't been very good. They've only scored uh, two offensive touchdowns in their last two games.
0: Well, I think the, the big thing for me, watching them progress from week one through week five, is their defense is dynamic. But you can't pin all your hopes on a defense if your offense can't churn out some yards and some points. So why aren't you doing a better job of getting the ball in Ben Casper's hands? He's your most dynamic offensive weapon.
1: Yeah, I mean he doesn't get the ball. Look, we can all play um, you know, offensive coordinator from home and sit there oh, and yeah. say, Oh, this is what I would do if I had the team. Um but I do have to wonder why Caspery doesn't get an average of 20 touches per game. And he was on pace to do that on during Friday night's game. But then again, the Raiders were down 14-7 to seven at halftime, then gave up a touchdown on the first drive of the second half, which immediately put them down two touchdowns, and then you've got to change your way of thinking. And he only carried the ball like three or four times in the second half. Um,
0: but, but can't you use him, and, and again, I'm playing... armchair armchair offensive coordinator here. But don't you find a way to use him out of the backfield, throw the ball to him, do some things, get him in space, you know. I I just think you've got to be a little creative
1: to use your best weapons. Well, and the other person who was really underutilized on Friday night was Jack Gilliland, who is arguably their best receiver. He's got the most experience at receiver among all the players uh, on the team, and I think he caught a ball for six yards in the first quarter. And and not only did he not get any other any other catches, I'm not sure the ball was thrown to him very much um, yeah. on, on on Friday night. So the Raiders have some they have some difficult questions to answer, and it's not going to get any easier because not only do you have Muhammad Seymour this week, but then you've got a Lutheran St. Charles team coming up the following week which I've heard may be the best team on Notre Dame's schedule.
0: Right. So well, they, they, they've got it'll – be, it'll be an interesting bounce-back week for them to see how the Raiders respond, to see what changes are made, to see how they look moving forward. Obviously, they're still born one. They're still state ranked number nine in Class 4A. You know, They're still in a spot where you expect them to continue to thrive. Now, on the flip side of that, we've got Quincy High School – which everyone went into last week thinking, wow, they just went and beat U T, you know, they're they're on a roll, they're they're two and two now. You can talk playoffs, you can talk all these things. And Galesburg ran it down their throat from the sounds of it.
1: Yeah, that's what I saw too, is it was just a kind of what happened in the, the second half of the Moline game was it was just a physical beatdown where the, the, the Galesburg is just bigger. And I, I as, as encouraging as the UT victory was, again, that's another team that uh, lost 22 seniors. So Quincy High School physically could probably match up with them a little bit better as opposed to a Moline team and a Galesburg team who were throwing out a whole bunch of seniors. And, you know, I thought I remembered seeing at the beginning of the season um, – there were some predictions being made about the Western Big Six, and I thought someone wrote that Galesburg was going to finish at the bottom of the league, like like they were expecting a one and eight or zero and nine season.
0: Well, new coach was part of the reason for that. Nobody knew what to expect with a new coach. Um, they've had their struggles, obviously, um, and they started the year zero and three, but but they've
1: seemed to found a way to move the ball on the mm-hmm. ground and. It's been effective so far. At least the last couple weeks, it's been effective. And and Sterling, from what I understand, is probably the cream of the conference again this year. Correct?
0: Yes. That's, I mean, that's the that's the common take on it. Now, yeah. Moline Moline's pretty good. Moline's pretty right. good. So I, w- I wouldn't take it. You know, that will that would be an interesting matchup. Moline Sterling's going to be a really interesting matchup when that comes around. Um, but yeah, I, this is this is a really tough road trip. To Roscoe Eads Stadium on Friday night.
1: Do you know who Roscoe Eads was?
0: I have no idea who Roscoe Eades.
1: <laughs> well, I found out when I went up to uh, uh, East Moline that uh, there was an actually a, a man by the name of Soul S O U uh, L E who I, I, I don't know. He he did something with the schools up in the up in uh, East Moline area. But that's who the Soul Bowl is named after. It's not named after like you know Parliament Funkadelic or or anything like yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, Quincy High School's got their hands full this, this upcoming week. But, it, again, it, it sounded like they were in it until that big interception return. for. I think it was a, a long yeah. interception return that, that kind of shut the door on their chances.
0: Now, now, the interesting side outside of the Quincy area, outside of Quincy, uh, on the Illinois side is there were high expectations that now that Brown County had gotten through the gauntlet of playing Central, you know, and okay, they're going to roll through the rest of the regular season. Well, that's not the case.
1: You know, Beardstown took care of that.
0: Which is, makes that really, and Central rolled, which we expected, and, you know, I don't know if I expected them to beat Route the way they did, but they rolled over Route on Saturday, and it turned out what it's done is it's vaulted Central, even though it lost to Brown County, into that conversation of maybe they are the best team in the WIBC that just had a letdown in the middle of the game against Brown County.
1: How good is Beardstown? Where did they figure to be in the WIBC?
0: They were supposed to be middle to bottom of the pack. So that, I mean, that's the interesting side of that is they didn't, they, they weren't expected to be battling for the top of the chart. So... Um, and, and so... The fact that they came, they beat Brown County, is a, is truly an eye opener.
1: Um, yeah, I, I would say that would be the the the, the most most head turning victory, most head turning decision of any of the games. The Brown County Central game could have gone either way. Um, yes. Unity um, was good early, but took took advantage of some weaker teams on the schedule. And Unity's a middle of the pack team. Unity might still get get a playoff bid. Jacksonville route doesn't sound like they're too bad. Um, but when it comes to, um, and in fact, I think isn't West Central, Winchester, uh, they're in the WIVC. I understand yeah, they're pretty good too. They're in the South, yeah. Yeah, but I understand they're pretty good too. So um, yeah, there's some pretty good football being played in the WIVC, and I, I don't think anybody from either Mount Sterling or Camp Point have to worry about their teams not qualifying for the playoffs.
0: But No, not it, at all. Yeah, but, but, but I think the next two weeks will decide – it, I mean, they will decide if Central is the cream of the crop because the next two weeks, okay, they've got they've got Triopia this week on the road, and then the Panthers play Beardstown uh, on October 8th at home, and that's their final WIBC North game. Mm-hmm. Um, and Beardstown's now three and two and has won three straight uh, by BD Route, Triopia, and Brown County. and Central back-to-back. So we're going to find out just how good Central is, I think, over the next couple weeks. Yeah. And then they close their regular season back-to-back against North Green and Calhoun are both
1: 0-5. Yeah, well, that helps you get a little yeah. healthy, I guess.
0: Yeah, now, now if we jump to the other side of the river.
1: Can we have to talk about oh, Hannibal for about okay. I, Hannibal for about 30 seconds, I think, was all we need to say because they're just – I mean, they beat – Beat up badly, the one team we thought that was in the conference that might give him a run.
0: Yeah, Hannibal's Hannibal's so loaded, and it's—I don't think we've given them enough due as far as stories and stuff. And part of that is my fault for being out. Um, you know, I'm battling the, the the illness, but Hannibal is just really, really good in all aspects, and it's not just Aeneas Williams, right? I keep trying to remind people of that. They are really talented at every level of the field.
1: Well, he's only had, I think, I, I, I think I saw the other day. He's had like forty-seven carries in five games. He's not even getting the ball ten times a game. No, it's almost like they put him in bubble wrap, and it's kind of like, look, break out, you know, break glass in case of emergency. Well, they're not in an emergency right now. So why pile up a whole bunch of? honestly, meaningless numbers when it's going to be more important that he's available and at full strength and and hasn't had the season of he's getting 20 20 to 30 carries a night, and now all of a sudden you get to week 10, and it's like, okay, well, now you got to carry the ball even more. Hey, they're they're wisely, I I think very wisely, they've figured out this is a team that's going to be really good in the postseason, and they've got some games here where they know they're going to smoke some people. So – A.J. Thomas, I think, last week had almost 30 carries. Now, he also ran for almost 200. He ran for over 200 yards. So it's not like they couldn't still move the football, but they just don't have yeah. to make Aeneas Williams be the one to do it all the time.
0: Right. Well, and, and they throw, they, they're pretty efficient passing the ball. I mean, Corbin Watson's completing 68% of his passes. Um, he's thrown for almost 1,000 yards already, 12 touchdowns. Eight of those are to, to Aeneas Williams. But he's gotten other guys involved. Kaiser Kaiser Greenwell, John Klubine, Markel Humphrey, DeQuan Powell. I mean, again, it's not just the Aeneas show. Aeneas is very – he's a highlight reel unto himself. It just He's the best player in our area, hands down. No question
1: asked.
0: Right. But the fact of the matter is they're just really good at every level. And we're not going to just see how good until the postseason – just cuz they're not going to get tested in the rest of the
1: conference race. Well, and and, and it really it comes down to is Central a playoff team? Yeah. Is Brown County a playoff team? Yeah. Is yeah. Unity a playoff team? Probably. Um, how good is Monroe City going to be? How good is Palmyra going to be? All good teams. But the team I think when November rolls around who might still be swinging is Hannibal. I think that's been I think that's been proven um, by the manner in which uh, Hannibal has just just beaten the holy heck out of some teams.
0: Well, and I, I, I'll give you there's another out there. Okay. There's another out there that I think sits there and, and it says, hey, don't sleep on us. And I, I don't know how you could because they're ranked number two in state. Monroe City's really special.
1: Yeah. Although they had to struggle and, last week to beat – now, granted, Palmyra is – I think everybody realizes palmyra's record is really not as, as indicative as as the as the level right. of football they're capable of playing, <laughs> excuse me, but uh Monroe City had to fight to win that one
0: yeah, yeah. and well and you expect that with the the palmyra Monroe City
1: rivalry. Sure. I think Palmyra could be and nine and and Monroe City could be nine and zero, and those two teams would play yeah. and the final score would be eighteen seventeen so but i think i think I, I think there, there's just so
0: much to like about Monroe City in the sense of they've got a lot of weapons offensively. They've got a quarterback with a ton of experience. And then you've got, you've got a couple defenders. I mean, Keaton Pennywell might be the best defender there is in this area at linebacker. Mm-hmm. And he might be the, the toughest, most mean Guy, you don't want to face in an, in an alley fight.
1: I'm not sure his mom probably doesn't appreciate you calling him mean.
0: Hey, but the fact of the matter is, the guy's a great football player.
1: Well, didn't he have uh, a, a, an older brother who was a fairly decent football player too? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, he comes by it naturally. Yeah. Uh, but it, the fact of the matter is, it makes them—they're—they're ne- they're not one-dimensional either, and that—and that—that's true on the offensive side, where you know Joshua Talton is a dynamic running back. But then Kyle Hayes finds guys out of, you know in the flat, throws the ball down the field. They've got a tight end who I think is maybe the best tight end in the area. Um, and then defensively between, between Pennywell, DeGrave, um, and a couple of the other guys, you know, some names that we're all familiar with.
1: Well, I know I'm going to be at uh... – Quincy Notre Dame on Friday night for the Muhammad Seymour game again. Muhammad Seymour, I, usually Thursday nights my night to do my, my prep work for a game, um, so I don't know that Muhammad Seymour won last week, but I know Muhammad Seymour was 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 undefeated going into last week's game, um, and I'm assuming that you are basically going to be uh, laid up at home for a little while, longer, but we'll be monitoring from uh, from yeah. the Shuckman Castle.
0: I will. It'll be uh, me and Buster hanging out with a couple games on the radio and following Twitter, and it'll be a, just a, a, an exciting Friday night.
1: Well, best of luck to you on 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 uh, your recovery. Um, you you you've done it multiple times before, so I expect nothing less. But uh,
0: oh yeah, I'll I'm, be I'll be back at it. You know, hopefully by the end of next week, I'm back at a game or at least a little more mobile and. Not stuck in the house, but you know what? i got to give it the the right amount of time to get healthy. Yes,
1: you do. In fact, people, if you see Matt out and about, tell him to get his big butt back home and get in bed and take his antibiotics and get this infection taken care of. They're
0: they're not going to see me out and about right now because I'm not driving, I'm not leaving the house. Yeah, there's none of that.
1: Well, of course, Sheriff Michelle is also there to make sure that that you don't get out of the house either, right?
0: She is. All right, well, thank you for uh, hanging out with me today. Sorry I couldn't do it in person. But oh, we'll, uh, well.
1: You're a lot better, a lot better looking on radio. You're a lot better looking when you're not here.
0: It, yeah, very true, very true. All right, this has been two big knuckleheads talking high school football here on the What the Shuck podcast, where anything says and anything goes. Have a great weekend.